Welcome to Beautifully Organized, the podcast that shares tips, tools, and hacks that make life easier for busy mothers. Welcome to today's episode, everybody. It's nice to be back again after another week. I hope you've had a really good one and let's jump into it. Today, we're going to talk about five quick tips to declutter your kitchen, how to never lose your car in a car park again, and how to be less busy and enjoy life more. But first, a really quick word from our sponsor. This episode of Beautifully Organized is brought to you by the Ultimate Productivity Bundle. Master your to-do list, reach your goals, and free up more time for yourself with the best ebooks and online courses in the world of successful time management. If you need help setting goals and priorities so you can use your time more wisely, creating productive routines so you don't fall behind, working through tasks without getting sidetracked or procrastinating, or even just finding the energy to be productive throughout the day instead of burning out, these resources are perfect for you. It's practical help that'll make your life more joyful and less stressful no matter how busy you are. Valued at over $1,500, this collection is available to you for just $49.97. Find out more about the Ultimate Productivity Bundle by clicking the link in today's show notes or heading to beautifullyorganized.com. Let's talk about five quick ways that you can declutter your kitchen. Now, the steps that I'm going to tell you today, you can do them all in one go if you want to, but even more effective, you can do them one at a time at random points throughout the year. They're only going to take a few minutes, but they are going to make a really big difference to how your kitchen looks. And the less clutter you have in your kitchen, the easier it is to keep clean and tidy and the less chaotic it feels in there when you're trying to prepare food. So grab a pen and paper and let's go through my five favorite tips to declutter your kitchen. Tip number one is to clear your counters. So you want to put away everything that really doesn't need to be on the counter space. Clean countertops will make your kitchen feel so much more spacious and airy, and it's so much easier to spray and wipe them and keep them clean. Now, one trick that I really like to do when it comes to organizing my kitchen is to make sure that when I'm putting things away so that they're not on the counter anymore, I'm picking places that they belong where it's easy to get them out and easy to put them away again. So if you use your toaster every day, put it in a cupboard that's easy to reach and near the space where you put your toaster on the counter. You don't want to be digging around in cupboards for ages just to find something that you use on a regular basis. Tip number two is to take all paperwork off your refrigerator or your freezer. Now, as mums, we tend to stick timetables, school notes, party invitations, bills to pay. We stick them on our fridge with magnets because we think, okay, great, I'm going to see that easily. It will remind me to process that and take care of it. But you know what really happens? You just get a cluttered looking fridge. Papers tend to fly everywhere every time a gust of wind comes through your kitchen or every time somebody walks past and bumps it. And you get a selective blindness anyway. So even if the papers stay on your fridge, you're not going to see them after a couple of days because they're going to start to blend in with everything around them. So instead of having a whole ton of paperwork on your fridge, take it off, throw out anything that's outdated, 
pay or schedule your bills right on your phone or on your computer straight away. Scan any kids' artwork with your iPhone. Just take a photo of it and save it on your phone or your computer and throw away any damaged magnets while you're there as well so that you're not tempted to keep using them and put up as much clutter next time. Step number three is to go through your cookbooks. Now, let's be real for a minute. A lot of us have a ton of cookbooks and a lot of us have a ton of cookbooks that we hardly ever open. And the reason we hardly ever use cookbooks anymore is because it's so much faster to grab your phone and quickly Google a recipe. It's so much faster. Now, I'm not saying you have to get rid of all of your cookbooks, but I would declutter the ones that you're not using on a regular basis. The ones I would keep are the ones that you use regularly and the ones that you really enjoy owning. Maybe they're really beautiful and they add to the aesthetic of your kitchen. Or maybe you really connect with the author of that cookbook or you love the images inside it and it gives you a cozy, feel-good feeling when you're looking at the cookbook. Like I get when I have any cookbook written by Nigella Lawson. So I'm never going to declutter a Nigella cookbook. Doesn't matter how much space I don't have in my kitchen. I'm going to keep my Nigella books forever. But yeah, basically, if you want to cut down on your cookbooks, you're going to save a lot of space. There's a lot less dust collecting nooks and crannies because there's a lot less books and pages there. It'll make your kitchen feel a lot more spacious and a lot less cluttered. So if you can, cut back on your cookbooks. Now let's talk about mail. A second ago, we were talking about your cluttered refrigerator and how paperwork tends to pile up on the front of it when we stick it on with magnets. I do have another method that's going to help a lot in your kitchen. And this is one I picked up from a book called Paper Flow. So if you're looking to find out more about this book, I'll leave a link to it in the show notes. Now, Paper Flow gives the advice. It's a book all about managing paper clutter that comes into your home. And the advice it gives when it comes to papers like bills, schedules, mail, uh, school notes, party invitations, instead of sticking them on your fridge or dumping them on your counter and forgetting about them, what the author Marianne suggests is to put a pretty box on top of your fridge or on top of your counter, a box with a lid on it like a gift box, and use that as your dumping ground for your paper. Then just take a couple of minutes every night to go through and action anything in that box that needs to be done that day. You don't even have to do it every night if you don't want to. You can do it once a week. It just depends on how much you have. It's a really helpful way to stay on top of paper clutter and it means that you're never going to have a huge pile of papers that you need to file or that you need to action that make you feel really overwhelmed. The reason I include this in my declutter your kitchen is because that's where our mail tends to go. We walk into the backyard, we stop at the kitchen counter and we dump anything from our bags or our mailbox straight on there. Tip number five is to look at your fridge and your pantry. Now for this one, you can feel quite overwhelmed. So what I want you to do is just set your timer on your phone for 10 minutes, five minutes if you want to. I like 10, but don't go higher than 10. When your timer is counting down, I want you to just pick fridge or pantry, open it up, go through it quickly and throw out anything that has expired or that looks really gross (laughs) and it's not appealing to eat anymore. So anything that's out of date, anything that's leaking, you just want to go through and take out the rubbishy things that you're not going to use and then just throw them away. Nice and easy. You can do it with your fridge. You can do it with your pantry. You can do it with your freezer if you want to. 
but just set your timer for 10 minutes, go through and quickly remove the things you won't be eating and then leave it at that for the day. You'll find it's going to free up so much space in your pantry or your fridge that the next time you need to clean that area, it's going to be a lot easier to clean. If you have a question about simplifying life as a busy mum, getting more organised in your day-to-day life, or finding easier ways to keep on top of the housework and any other commitments you have as a parent, we'd like to hear from you. Send us an email to marissa at beautifullyorganised.com with any question or help that you need and we will cover it on one of our episodes. Remember when you're emailing marissa at beautifullyorganised.com to use organised with an S instead of a Z because that's how we spell it here in Australia. I'm going to talk about something now that's a little bit embarrassing and I almost didn't mention it on the podcast for fear of people thinking it's ridiculous and I'm so silly and how could this happen anyway but I'm going to mention it just in case it's happened to you too and it will make your life a bit easier. I'm talking about losing your car when you park in a really big car park. I know it sounds crazy to most of us But I have noticed over the years, particularly since becoming a mother, I don't have the memory that I used to have. In fact, if I'm honest, before I was a mother, I lost my car in car parks then too. And you know what? I'm sure there's an episode of Seinfeld where all of the characters are walking around a car park at a shopping mall for hours because they can't find their car. So I know I'm not alone. I remember one time, I actually had my car stolen from a car park and I was walking around for half an hour looking for my car thinking I had lost it. And then a couple of years later, I was walking around a car park looking for my car thinking my car got stolen and it turns out I had just forgotten where I parked and it was in the road next to me the whole time. So yes, hopefully I'm not the only one in real life with this problem. But since becoming a mother and having a lot more to juggle and a lot more to remember, I I decided to take the mental load off with this one. And instead of trying to remember where I park my car, I now use the most useful tool I have that's right in my pocket, my phone. So wherever I'm going, whether I'm with the kids or not, I park the car. And if I'm in a car park where I think I might lose the car or forget where I've parked, I get out of the car, I look for the nearest sign and I take a photo of it. Now, when I'm in a shopping center car park, that's really helpful because often the nearest sign is a pole with a color and a number or a letter, and it tells me exactly what level I'm parking on and which part of the car park on that level my car is in. If I'm not in a shopping mall car park, if I'm parking on the side of the street, then I'll take a photo of either the nearest business to me or the nearest street sign. And that will still give me an indication and jog my memory later when I'm looking for my car again. And if I don't have a street sign nearby and I'm in a car park with no signs around me, then the best I can really do is just take a photo of the entry doorway as I'm walking in. So at least I know which level of the shopping center I need to leave at when I'm finished with my shopping. Because don't you know sometimes... (laughs) You can try and leave a shopping center and you just can't remember which door you entered in and everything looks the same. So you walk out again. You could be in a completely different car park and not even realize. 
So my phone is my best friend when it comes to helping me with this tricky scenario. I hope that it has helped you too. Let me know if you give it a try. Feel free to come and let me know on our Facebook page. It's facebook.com slash beautifully organized mums. Less Mess, Less Stress and More Calm is a short and simple course for overwhelmed mothers. It'll get your home decluttered, organized and running smoothly in just seven days. Plus, it'll teach you how to organize the rest of your life too with simple, doable actions. Click the link in our show notes or head to beautifullyorganized.com to find out more. How to be less busy and enjoy life more. Doesn't that sound like an amazing, wonderful thing to happen and yet kind of sound like a pipe dream at the same time? As parents, we have a lot going on. If we're working as well or we have social commitments as well or our kids have activities outside of school or we have young babies and toddlers, we've got even more going on. There is so much to do. So it can constantly feel like you're busy, busy, busy running on a treadmill that you can never get off or a hamster wheel. We go to bed exhausted and then we can't sleep because we're too busy thinking about all the things we have to do. Wouldn't it be nice to just take a load off our shoulders and use what we have around us to make our lives a little bit easier? I think it would be lovely. So I have a couple of different ways that you can use to enjoy your life more because you don't have to be as busy as you currently are. So the first way I think about making my life easier is to think in terms of household hacks. Household hacks for me are just ways that I can keep up with the housekeeping, the laundry, uh, my schedule, just the way that I kind of keep on top of things around the home. If I can think of a little hack that's going to make that easier, I'm going to use it because it's going to save me a few minutes at a time, which is going to add up to be a few hours or even a few days over the years. The first household hack I'd recommend is absolutely get a robot vacuum cleaner. Now, these things usually go from about $1,000 and up, but you can get a robot vacuum cleaner from anywhere between $100 and $300 now. So if budget is tight, go for your lower end one just to see if you enjoy the difference it makes in your life. Then if you love it, you can save up and invest in a higher quality one that costs a little more money. But this little gadget is the cutest little thing to have wandering around your home, knowing that it's picking up crumbs and dust and hair and random things on the floor. They don't move too fast, so you don't have to worry about it scaring the kids or the pets or tripping over it. And the best thing is they're nice and quiet now. And some of them, you can even use your phone as a remote to set the time that it cleans your house. So if you're out for the whole day, you can set your little robot buddy to vacuum your floor an hour before you get home. And then you come home and it's like you've done it already. And you know, some of them have a mopping function now too. So you don't even have to worry about carpet versus floorboards versus tiles. It's amazing. Speaking of floors. If you don't want to go the robot vacuum and you have hard floors, I can't recommend enough switching to a spray mop instead of a mop and bucket. Nobody likes mopping the floor. Nobody. At least nobody I've ever met before. Because you have to get the mop bucket out and then you have to fill it with water and then you have to get the mop out and then you have to dip it in and then you have to try and squeeze it out as much as you can. 
and then you mop the floor and then the floor is so wet that you have to then stay by your wet floor so that you can yell at all the kids so that they don't walk over it when they come into the house. It takes forever. It's lots and lots of manual labor. And when my kids were little, they used to follow me around with the mop and bucket and dip their little Barbie dolls in the bucket as if it was some sort of pool or spa. So then I had to worry about kids going near the bucket of water. So then I would put off mopping until when they were sleeping, which of course meant that I hardly ever mopped. (laughs) Not nearly as much as I was meant to. Anyway, you can see how that was making my life a lot more inconvenient and a lot less enjoyable. So I switched to a spray mop. You can get a lot of different brands of spray mops, but basically what it has is a removable microfiber pad at the end of it and a little water bottle that holds your cleaning solution and a trigger on the mop so that you can just push it back and forth and spray at the same time. You don't need a mop and bucket anymore and you don't need fancy cleaning solutions anymore either. All I use in mine is some white vinegar, some water, and a little squirt of dishwashing liquid, and it does the trick. In fact, some mops just say use water. You can do whatever you want to, but all I'm saying is a spray mop is so much easier than a mop and bucket. The third thing I love to use around my house to make my life easier is my slow cooker. Now, we've all heard of a slow cooker or a crock pot. It just means you can cook dinner from earlier on in the day. You don't have to be home. So if you're out of the out of the house at the office all day or out at work or running around after the kids, you can just put dinner on in the morning and it's ready for you when you come home in the evening. It's amazing. But did you know that you can do more with your slow cooker than just your standard casserole? You can make bread in your slow cooker. You can make... Oh, cakes. You can make cakes in your slow cooker. One of my favorite cake recipes is a carrot cake that I make in the slow cooker. It's amazing and my house smells wonderful when I get home. So your goal this week is to do a little research on Google. Go and find some slow cooker recipes. They don't have to be just main meals or casseroles. Go and find some for sides, breads, cakes, treats. I bet you'll be surprised at what you can make with your slow cooker. The last thing I do around the house is, well, I'm not sure I could call it around the house, for my personal life, I think I'll call it, is to use the calendar that I can access on my iPhone. Now, I use the Gmail calendar. I don't think that's what it's really called. I think it's G Suite or G Calendar. Anyway, I use Gmail, so I use the calendar that goes with that. And that calendar syncs to my mobile phone. So if I'm out and about and I'm making an appointment, I don't take a piece of paper and write it down. I get my phone out, I put it in my calendar straight away and I save it. And then my phone calendar syncs with my Google calendar, which means that I can tick off that amount of time as busy and I can't double book myself for anything in the future. And I don't have to rely on my memory anymore. Now for work, this always this also comes in handy because I have a system where if a client wants to book in and work with me, then they can click a link on my website and it'll book them in for a session and that session will talk to my Google Calendar to see whether or not I'm already busy that day. And if I am busy, that session won't be available. And if I'm not busy, it'll book my client in for me and then give them a link to pay me. So it's nice and easy. I don't have to do any back and forth over email to book in appointments with clients. And everything talks to each other and makes my life a lot easier too. And I don't need to rely on my memory anymore when it comes to remember dinners out, work occasions, other social things, appointments, so much easier. Okay, so that's household hacks. 
Let's talk about the second way that you can make yourself less busy and enjoy yourself a little bit more, and that's to delegate. I know it sounds really easy, but nobody actually likes to do it because nobody wants to be a nag. But I'm here to tell you, give it a try, keep trying, and be consistent because over time, your kids will get used to the fact that they're helping you out around the house. Even if they're young, delegate jobs that are appropriate for their age to them. It can be setting the table. It can be putting tomato sauce away after dinner. It can be filling up the cat tray with cat biscuits. (laughs) Is that what they're called? It can be a little job. It can be kids putting their pajamas under their pillow. It can be making their beds. In my house, the kids dust and vacuum a room every day in exchange for a turn on the computer. It works really well for us, but they also have chores to do. They need to tidy their room up by the end of the day. They need to put their shoes away instead of leave them out around the house. There's regular things that they do as well. That's not in exchange for a reward. It's just expected. Now, did they do this at the start of the childhood? Of course not. They were babies and then they were toddlers. It took a lot of time to get into that pattern where I could feel free to delegate housework jobs to the kids. And yeah, they did complain at first, but the more I asked them to do it, the more used to it they became. And because I asked them to do the same stuff over and over again, now they start to do it without me reminding them. So it's a long game here, but it's worth it. Now, if you don't want to delegate... You can always outsource. Some of the things you can outsource in your life, cleaning, have a cleaner come over. You could outsource laundry, send your laundry out to be washed, dried, folded and returned. Or you could do your own washing and just send it out to be ironed. Or you could do what I do and stop buying things that need ironing, but that's another story for another time. You could outsource your dog walking, nice and easy. Personally, I like to outsource my meal planning I use a service called Eat at Home and I pay a yearly subscription and then at the start of every week, I don't plan my meals at all. I just click on a link, print out a sheet and it has every meal and desserts and some side dishes that we're going to be eating that week and it's all colour-coded. So if we're not eating on Tuesday but I have a meal written on Tuesday, if we're going out to dinner, I can cross Tuesday out. Tuesday is yellow so I don't buy any yellow things on my list. Monday is red so I buy the red things. I'll leave you a link in the show notes so you can see what I mean, but it's a really good service because it takes the mental load away of meal planning. We also outsource our dinners in a different way. This one's a little bit, not sneaky, but a little bit cheeky, I guess, if you want to call it outsourcing. We always have one cheat day for dinner where we get frozen dinner and heat it up. So that's, that's nice and easy. And we eat with family twice a week. Once on my husband's side of the family, once on my side of the family. Now that doesn't mean we never cook. If it's our turn to cook and the family comes over to our house, we cook for more people than we usually do. But once a month is the time that we cook. And then the rest of the weeks of the month on that day of the week, we go and have dinner with our family and we're not cooking that day. So it frees us up a little bit to be social with each other, to spend time together. It's a lovely thing. So if you can eat dinner with friends or family and share the workload that way, I recommend it. The last thing I want to talk about is the easiest one. So if nothing else seems doable, I really want you to try this. Actually, I should say it's the simplest one. It's not the easiest one, but it is very simple. When people ask you to do something and you're already feeling busy or overwhelmed, please just tell them no. You can tell them, I'm sorry, 
I wish I could, but I can't. But don't give them a reason. So if somebody says to you, hey, can you come over and walk my dog? Don't say, look, I'm sorry, but I can't because I'm walking my dog because they're going to try and overcome that hurdle and say, that's fine. I've got a double lead. You can walk both dogs at the same time. And then you're stuck and you have to say no again and you feel more guilty. If you just say, oh, thank you so much, but I can't and leave it at that, that's it. Now, is it comfortable to do this in conversation? No. But does it get easier over time when you do it again and again? Yes, because people learn to expect you to say no to things that you're not available to do. You don't have to do everything just because your calendar is empty for that time frame. You need to allow time for just chilling out, spending time by yourself reading a book if you want to, having a bubble bath, hanging out and watching TV with your family, or not even really planning to do anything. Having space to do nothing makes such a big difference when it comes to reducing overwhelm as a busy mother. So it's really worth a try. In regards to saying no and filling your calendar, it's really important that you know your limit. So personally, I try really hard not to schedule more than one thing per day because I find that general everyday life, family staff, house staff, just gets filled up. The rest of the day just fills up really, really quickly. So I won't book a meeting and a party on the same day because I'm quite introverted and I get my energy from recharging by myself, not recharging and spending time with other people. So I need to allow that into my time frame. I hope these tips have helped you. If there's one in particular that you're going to try, I would really love to hear about it. So head over to Facebook and let me know or feel free to send me an email. I hope you enjoyed this episode of Beautifully Organized. Don't forget to grab your organizing freebie at beautifullyorganized.com. We have lots of prints and other resources for you to help make your day a little smoother. If you like this podcast, you can subscribe for free on Spotify, iTunes, Stitcher, Google Podcasts, and every other major podcast platform. If you have a question or a topic you'd like me to cover, let me know. Send your request to marissa at beautifullyorganized.com. And if you'd like to chat more about mum life and getting a little more organized and making your life easier, head to facebook.com slash beautifullyorganizedmums. See you next time. Thank you.